Good morning, gorgeous. How are you doing this morning? I hope you're doing wonderful. Welcome to the Dr. Daff Show. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Daff, and I'm so happy that you're here today. We're starting our book, Fascinating Womanhood, How the Ideal Woman Awakens a Man's Deepest Love and Tenderness. This book is about femininity and about being the quote-unquote ideal woman in terms of what the average high-quality man finds appealing and attractive in a woman to marry her and to stay married to her. (laughs) So I want you to go ahead and sit back relax, get something to drink, get something to write with, because there's a lot, a lot in this chapter, and I'll tell you why. So you will probably need a pen and paper. And let's talk about this. So ladies, I know last week I came and I started this book. So you're probably thinking, I thought we already started it. We did start it, but I took that podcast down because that podcast was on the first chapter of this book. And the chapter was so small that I ended up kind of filling in the gaps with personal stories and just kind of like some background information on why this is important. But I think a lot of you were just kind of wanting the information and didn't realize that that's all that was in the chapter. So I thought it'd be better to kind of just combine that first chapter with the second piece that we'll do today. So this will kind of be a longer podcast um, because I'm tying everything in. And also, this book is quite difficult to find. When I was linking the book, I realized that, oh my goodness, it looks like it's out of print. And the only ones that are really in print are the ones that she wrote with her daughter. It's an updated edition, but I don't know what's in that book. Personally, I didn't really want to hear from anyone else except the original author, because that's the book that I read and that I'm familiar with. And so... The people who are selling this book are selling it for like 50, 60, 70 dollars, which is insane. So many of you probably will not be able to get the book. And I am so sorry about that. What I'm going to do is leave it up to you. If you want to continue this after this chapter, let me know. I'll leave a poll on Spotify. And if you feel like, you know, I really want the book and want to follow along because I'm not able to get the book, let's maybe do another book, then that's fine with me too. We can do another book. So I will leave that up to you ladies because obviously I want you to have the book, but if not, then you're going to have to be taking a lot of notes, girl, or listening to this multiple times because this is really good information. But I will also tell you that it's not new information. You've heard a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about before because I have talked about this many, many times in different ways. So with all of that being said, if you can't buy the book, if you can't find the book, no worries. I'm covering it here. And if you feel like let's do another book because I want the physical copy in my hand, then we can do that too. Today, we're talking about 
being the ideal woman for a man and what that means. Just highlighting what we talked about last time was her introducing the book to basically tell you ladies that it's important when you are with a man to have a man who truly, genuinely cherishes you. Not just a man who wants a wife, not just a man who is tired of being alone and wants someone to mother him, not just a man who wants someone (laughs) as a trophy to say that he has been able to capture this beautiful thing, but a man who genuinely, truly adores you. And there is a difference. And those men are able to really showcase that. They're truly head over heels over them. It's not just a conquered woman. It's a woman who is literally his life, his source of comfort. And he is mesmerized by her. He is just taken aback by the fact that such a beautiful woman exists, beautiful on the inside and out. When we see men like this, these are the men that are truly in love with their wives and they go above and beyond in every single way for her. It's not only buying her beautiful things and fancy things and taking her to fancy places, which is usually part of it because you cannot love without giving. So anyone who feels like, oh, well, that doesn't mean anything. If he buys you stuff, that girl, that'll mean nothing. It does mean something in terms of giving, because if you love someone, you're going to give to them. You can't help it. It's a part of love. But the thing is, some people love and they also love themselves more to the point where they're giving to someone because they love them, but they're not sacrificing for them because they love them. And what we'll see with men who have this heavenly romantic feelings of love towards their girlfriend, their fiance, or their wives is that they go above and beyond. And in that last chapter, she talked about men who went above and beyond. So the man who created the Taj Mahal, for example, he built that beautiful, incredible monument for his wife, who at the time, women were not revered in such a way where you would be doing something like that for a woman. She also talked about different like men in power, like presidents who adored their wife. And even though on the outside, they seemed like very serious men, when it came to their wives, they were sweet and tender and loving. And they have these emotional feelings that were indescribable that you wouldn't think a man who was this stern would be capable of having. But when you are a beautiful feminine woman, you draw this out of men. Like you draw their warm, gentle side out of them. They can't help it. They're truly mesmerized by you. And that's what we're going to try to pull out of you is learning how to tap into those parts of you that can inspire the man that you love, the man that you want to treat you like the beautiful woman that you are. When you date a guy, you're not expecting him to like you just a little bit. When you meet a man and you're like, oh my goodness, girl, I'm dating this guy. He's so cute and he's so this and that. You don't think that after six months, he's going to literally think that you're just a plain Jane and not care about you. You want this man to be in love with you. You want this man to think that you are the best person he has ever met. We all want to draw those feelings out of the men that we're with. Why would you want just someone who thinks that you're just okay? 
or someone who doesn't value all the things that you do, all the ways that you try. But some of you really don't know what to do. You don't know what's important to a man. You are putting all of your energy in the wrong things. And I hope that this book helps to teach you what to put your energy in. And that leads me right into (laughs) our topic for the day, which is the ideal woman. This is going to be the ideal woman through a man's eyes because we as women, we have our own view of what we think makes a woman ideal, but that is different oftentimes from what a man thinks makes a woman ideal. And part of femininity is understanding men. Understanding men is actually so important because you want to know what they actually like. So you're not wasting your time or you're not in the dark. So in the book, she says, to understand the masculine viewpoint, learn to view the ideal woman through a man's eyes. His ideas of feminine perfection are different from your own. The things we women admire in each other are rarely attractive to men. On the other hand, the things that the average woman ignores or condemns in another woman are sometimes just the characteristics which make her fascinating to men. Women are blind to their own charms, which makes it difficult for them to realize what a man wants. Haven't you ever been puzzled at times to know what a certain man sees in a particular woman? And haven't you also known women who appear to have all of the qualities which ought to please a man, yet they're underappreciated and neglected and often unloved? Men judge with a different set of values. Women are inclined to appreciate poise, talent, intellectual gifts, and cleverness of personality, whereas men admire girlishness, tenderness, sweetness of character, vivacity, which I'll talk about what that means in a second, and the ability to understand men. Vivacity is like when you are like very lively as a woman, like you have life in you, you're excitable, you're cheerful. It's the women where you see and they're just like chipper, they're cheerful, they have this fire that can easily be set in them. Okay, so you're not dull, you're not like lifeless, you're able to spark up, even if you kind of being a little bit more dull is your natural setting, you can be easily excited. So that's what that means. A marked difference is the regard to appearance, okay? Women are inclined to admire artistic beauty, such as the shape of the nose, the shape of the face, and artistic clothing, Whereas men have a different interpretation of what makes a woman beautiful. They place more stress on the sparkle in her eyes, smiles, freshness, radiance, and her feminine manner. So if you've ever been, you know, thinking about yourself and if you have these qualities, think about that. Like a lot of times we put up so much focus on like having our makeup done right and our nails and all this stuff, which is like, yeah, that's, that's cool. But it's the small things. Like I think you're hearing here, it's a small things like the sparkle in your eye. That's a small thing, but that shows that you are lively. That shows that you are 
excited. You are full of life. You know, men like women who make them believe that they're going to have fun. Like, I don't know, that's something I've noticed about men. They like when they can see a woman and she looks youthful and radiant and just looks like she's going to give him a good time. Men are always looking for a good time, girl. That's one thing you got to (laughs) know. So I want you to think about yourself. If you've ever noticed that you've watched a woman and you've been like, what is he seeing her? Like you don't see it. You don't get it. But this man is like genuinely head over heels over this woman. Think about those things, the things that we don't pay enough attention to. The things like her freshness, how much she smiles, her radiance, how feminine she is, the sparkle in her eye. Those are the things that make them excited to be with a woman like this. So now let's talk about the ideal woman. In the book, she highlights two different sides of a woman that when combined create the ideal woman. She calls it the angelic side and the human side. And from my sort of studying of different women in terms of like characters and movies and different women that I see, it looks like oftentimes they have one side really, really dominant in them, but not so much the other side. And they have to learn how to merge the two in order to really be balanced. The ideal woman from a man's point of view is divided into two parts, the angelic and the human. The angelic side has to do with her spiritual qualities. This includes her good character, understanding men, domestic skills, and a quality of inner happiness. The human side refers to her appearance, her manner, and her feminine nature, and includes the charms of femininity, radiance, good health, and childlikeness. The angelic and the human combine to make the perfect woman from a man's point of view. They are both essential in winning his genuine love. When a woman has both the angelic and human qualities, then she becomes a man's ideal woman that he can cherish. Keyword here, cherish. (laughs) I don't want to like talk too much off of the book, but I do want to mention that when I look around and I see different people in their marriages and I kind of see how their husbands treat them, the women who complain constantly about their husbands and are overworked and are always burned out and stressed out, one thing that I always realize is that their husband does not cherish them. Their husband is happy to have them because they have a a hot meal every day. They have unlimited sex. They have whatever they want at their fingertips as soon as they say it. But the wife is completely unfulfilled. And that's the difference. She's cherishing him because she is like so happy to have this husband. Maybe he's very handsome. Maybe he was a cool guy when they were younger. Maybe he makes a lot of money. You know, maybe he's someone people say, oh, you should be happy that you're married to a lawyer, right? So she feels like she has something good, but yet she herself does not feel cherished by her husband. So that's a key word here, cherished. In order to have a man cherish you, these are the qualities that they look for. These are the qualities that they appreciate. She takes a look at classical literature because that's how she's going to draw some examples. But this book was written like in the 50s or 60s. So if you have not read these books, which I have not, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Personally, I would rather use different characters, but even the ones I want to use are from a pretty old book. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I talked about in the last podcast, 
Carmen Jones. This is a movie that was made in the 50s, I believe, with Dorothy Dandridge. And in that book, her character fits the human side. The woman whose man she stole was the angelic side. And it's a really good movie for looking at the stark contrast between two different kinds of women. But a more current novel or movie, I would say, is a notebook. One of my favorite movies, obviously. (laughs) And if you've watched The Notebook, which I'm sure all of you have, then you know that the character, Allie, the main character in the book, she had, I would say, probably a combination of both. But at the end of the movie, when Noah was dating that woman who he was sleeping with and she was cooking for him and he had like zero affection towards her. It's like she was there and he was grateful, I guess, but there was no excitement. There was no like, you know, he wasn't captivated by her, right? She definitely had those angelic qualities, but she didn't have the human ones. And when Allie came back that night and she was there, like, you saw how he just lit up. So, I mean, that kind of gives you an idea of like how these qualities can kind of play out. But I do want to talk about Carmen Jones later on at some point. I would love for you ladies to actually watch that video. It's on, I believe, Amazon Prime. You might be able to find it on YouTube, but you probably have to pay for it. It's a really old movie. It's a musical. I do want to do a character analysis of Carmen Jones because she is a really good feminine character for you to sort of just visualize certain things that I talk about. Let's get back to the book. Even though you probably haven't read this book that she's going to refer to, she does break down the qualities, which I'm just going to skip to the qualities because that's what's important here. The book that she's referring to is called The Story of David Copperfield by Charles Dickens. So in the book, she's going to contrast two women. One his name is Agnes and the other lady's name is Dora. Agnes represents the angelic side, which is a side that inspires worship. So he describes in the book, although her face was quite bright and happy, there was a tranquility about it and about her, a quiet, good, calm spirit that I never have forgotten, that I shall never forget. David and Agnes became the closest friends. She gave him comfort, understanding, true sympathy, and friendship. Agnes always had a sacred and peaceful influence on David. At one time, while under great stress and tension, he said, Somehow, as I wrote to Agnes on a fine evening by my open window, and the remembrance of her clear, calm eyes and gentle face came stealing over me, it shed such a peaceful influence upon the hurry and agitation in which I had been living lately that it soothed me into tears. But although he felt all of these things for Agnes, he was completely infatuated with Dora. And let's talk about Dora. Dora represents the human side of our ideal, the side that fascinates, captivates, and inspires an overwhelming tenderness in a man's heart and a desire to protect and shelter. David describes her in the following words. She was more than human to me. I don't know what she was anything that no one has ever saw and everything that everyone has ever wanted. She had the most delightful little voice, the gayest little laugh, the pleasantest and most fascinating little ways. She was too bewildering. 
Her childlike ways, her girlish trust in him, her absolute dependency upon others to provide for her made her an irresistible appeal to David's gentlemanly ways and chivalrous heart. She fascinated him. So these are two different kinds of women, right? One was peaceful, relaxed. She talked to him. She understood him. She was there for him. She gave him peace. And the other one made him excited and sparked his his interest and was feminine and dependent upon him and childlike. So what he ended up doing in the book was he married the second one. Okay. But then later on, he turned to the first one. So when he married the human side, Dora, he said that she failed as a homemaker. So he said that he could not have asked or wished for a prettier wife at the opposite end of the table, but he certainly could have wished when he sat down for a little bit more room, that the place felt cramped. He felt like he was always losing things. She couldn't manage the household, the finances, or the cooking. And David bought her an expensive cookbook, but she used it for her little dog to stand on. (laughs) So while he was married to Dora, he continued to love her. She fascinated him, she amused him, and he felt very tenderly towards her. But it wasn't a complete love, nor did it bring him genuine happiness. He said that he did feel sometimes for a little while that he wished that his wife could have been his counselor, that she had more character and that she was able to sustain and improve him. He loved her, but there was something lacking. But later on in the story, Dora ended up dying. Okay, so that's an important thing. He didn't leave her. Even though he felt like something was missing, he stayed with her. But when she died, he went and married Agnes, who waited for him. (laughs) And he loved her. He had children with her. She was great with taking care of the house. But during the marriage, for some reason, he felt like there was something lacking. And he would always have these tender recollections of Dora that played upon his emotions. So these are two distinctly different types of love for these two different women. Agnes was not strong enough to bring him to marriage. And even though this type of love brings men the greatest peace and the truest and most abiding happiness, it's not the most driving. And that's why women who tend to fall into this type tend to end up in the friend zone or feel like they gave this guy like all these things they cooked for him. They drove to his house. They helped him get a job. They did all this stuff for him. But then he still ended up being with someone else and they don't understand like I thought I was perfect I did everything for him because this kind of love although it's beautiful it's not the most driving for a man to actually want to marry you believe it or not the kind of love David felt for Dora was forceful consuming and intense this type of love however was not complete nor did it bring him real happiness neither of the two unfortunately for them represented the whole of our ideal Each of them made mistakes, each of them won and lost David, but each of them is well worth emulating in some respect. So we're going to just do a quick little analysis of what they both had and what they both lacked. Agnes, what Agnes had was a pure and lovely character. She didn't even become bitter or resentful towards either of them when David ended up marrying her. Like she was very neutral. And you'll see that if you watch Carmen Jones, um, that's kind of what happened with his first girlfriend. Even though he left her for Carmen, 
at some point she came running back trying to help him. So there's no like animosity. She has great character in that way. She also understood men. She gave David true understanding. She knew how to rejoice with him in his triumphs and sympathize with him in his difficulties. She brought him comfort, peace, and friendship. She also had inner happiness. She had a tranquility about her and a good, warm, and calm spirit that indicates peace, happiness from within. She was also a capable housekeeper. She took care of the meals, the house, and her father with a womanly efficiency. But here's what she lacked. She was too independent, okay? She was too able to kill her own snakes, too hesitant to lean on David. She didn't appear to need his manly care and protection. She was too unselfish. She also lacked girlishness, childlikeness, and trusting qualities. She lacked the gentle, tender, fascinating little ways that stir a man's heart. So think about yourself. Do you find yourself having some of those qualities or lacking some of those qualities? What do you kind of tend to fall into whenever you are in dating relationships? Or maybe you haven't dated much, but this is kind of like how you are even in your friendships. Ladies, before we continue, I want to share my fragrance line with you, Fine Forever. Fine Forever is a fragrance line with a promise. It is a blessed luxury fragrance line that promotes the promises of God. Each fragrance is tied to a biblical scripture to remind you that with God, you will be fine forever. We launched our first fragrance, 2911, after the scripture, Jeremiah 29:11, which talks about the plans God has for your life. This fragrance is rich, deep, mysterious, and feminine. It will surely turn heads and become a signature scent for you. We also have our Faith Collection, which introduces two beautiful fragrances that are unique and memorable, Silent Storm and Mustard Seed. Mustard Seed is a fresh, delicate, and bright aquatic floral fragrance, and it's reminiscent of a warm beach on a tropical sea. Silent Storm is a decadent gourmand fragrance that portrays youthful femininity. Silent Storm is rich, smooth, and refined. Visit the website www.fineforever.com. You can use the code Dr. Daff for 20% off of your fragrance. Thank you so much for your love, your kindness, and your support. Now, back to our episode. Now let's take a look at Dora. What did Dora have? She had an enchanting manner. She was very childlike and girlish. You know, her attitude was very trusting. She had tender little ways, right? Little, little cute little things that she did. She was radiantly happy. A gay little laugh, a delightful little voice, and the pleasantest little ways. She was bright-eyed. Okay, she was dependent, helplessly in need of masculine protection and guidance. She had a girlish trust in David, 
which he appreciated because masculine men really love it when a woman is dependent on him. It's his driving force to succeed in life. It makes him happy. It makes him feel needed and wanted. However, she did lack some things. She was a poor homemaker. She could not keep the house, cook, manage the household, or manage expenses. She lacked character. She was good, pure, and kind, but inclined to be self-centered, which I often find with women who are extremely like enchanting and charismatic and bright-eyed and happy. I mean, those are great, great traits, but a lot of times these very beautiful women with these characteristics do tend to be extremely self-centered where they can't really draw the line of this is you and this is me. It's, it's like all me. <laughs> so they need a lot of people kind of like reminding them that you're not the center of the world. The world does not revolve around you and kind of that like grounding quality. She was a little bit too absorbed in her own problems, cares and whims, and not conscious enough of a man's needs. She also did not understand men. This was her greatest lack. She did not have the insight, sympathy, and understanding, appreciation, or intellectual interest to be a good companion. So there are many women like Agnes, women with inspiring characters who make wonderful mothers and homemakers and are greatly appreciated, but they lack that adorable human quality that fascinates men. They fail to win their husband's true love. On the other hand, there are women such as Dora, women who are adorable and childlike, but they're too self-centered to notice a man's needs or to be good mothers and homemakers. They win only a part of their husband's love. The angelic and the human qualities do not conflict. Both are essential in winning and sustaining a man's love. Happiness in marriage depends on development of both sides of our ideal. In the book, she then goes on to like two or three other women and talks about their characteristics. And I mean, these concepts are pretty much intertwined with all these women. She just gives different examples of other relationships and how these women behaved. And then the, there's a chart in here where she just draws a line down the middle of a woman and talks about the angelic qualities and the human qualities. What I'll do is I'll take a picture of this chart and I'll post this. The day this podcast goes up, I will post this picture on my Dr. Daft Show Instagram story so you can screenshot it if you like. They break down the angelic qualities and the human qualities. So I'm going to read it again for you in case you're writing. The angelic qualities, which I call the peaceful qualities. Okay. This includes understanding men, inner happiness, having a worthy character, domestic goddess, and the angelic qualities awaken a feeling near worship. They bring a man peace and happiness. The human qualities are what I call the exciting qualities. The exciting qualities. The exciting qualities are women who are feminine, who radiate happiness, who have radiant health, who are childlike, and the human qualities fascinate, amuse, enchant and arouse a tender desire to protect and shelter. And together, these qualities are what makes a man cherish you and give you that heavenly romantic love. 
So she talks about how women who have these qualities are oftentimes not the most loved by other women. A lot of times women talk bad about them. They make fun of them, all of that, right? Because it's like, look at you doing all this. Look at you, you know, (laughs) looking all cute and acting all happy and you're in such great shape and all of that, all that hate that feminine women tend to get. But she says in the book that they will not necessarily be the idol of women, but of men. In their circle of women friends, they are more likely to be the object of scorn. But observe such women carefully because there's a lot to learn from them. She said that experience with thousands of women has proven that these teachings are true. Results have been unbelievable. Women who have thought that they were happy have found a new kind of romantic love. Women who have felt neglected and unloved have seen their marriages blossom into love and tenderness. Time and experience have proved that whenever these principles are applied, women have been loved, honored, and adored. Marriages flourished and homes have been made happier. And then she gives some testimonials with different women and how much this book has helped them. So next week, we will talk about the angelic qualities because, of course, she's not going to leave us hanging and just tell us this stuff and not tell us how to actually be that way. So next week, we're going to talk specifically about the angelic qualities. And then, of course, we'll go into the human qualities. But I want you to think this week with yourself, which one are you lacking? Where do you feel like you need a little bit more sharpening, a little bit more improving on your angelic qualities or your human qualities, your peaceful side or your exciting side? (laughs) Which one? Um, For all of us, it's probably different. Personally, I definitely feel like before I started working on my femininity, naturally, I was probably, not probably, naturally, I was on the human side. But the angelic side was the area that I really needed to work on, just being a little bit more of like that, (laughs) all of those things. And it did take like personal dedication to humbling myself and say, okay, I'm not as great as I thought I was as a girlfriend or, you know, whatever, as a woman. I'm not what I thought I was. I have work to do. Let me figure out what is needed for me to be whole. And I worked really hard in these areas and I prayed and asked God to show me and help me. And I have seen a complete difference, but I thank God that now I truly have both. And I have to bring myself back sometimes and say, okay, I need to sharpen up with this because I'm noticing I'm not as this or I'm not as that and everything matters. So think about your own life and areas that you think you can improve on and pray about it. Ask God to help you. Ask God to show you. Be around people who are like this. If you know anyone personally who you feel have these traits, learn from them. Don't be too high and mighty to learn from someone else. Like I always tell you, we all have different gifts, different qualities, different things that God put inside of us to give to one another. I may be super feminine and really good at helping you become a feminine woman, but there's another woman who is amazing at doing eyebrows and can help you to get your eyebrows done and someone else who's really good at 
putting together flower bouquets it can help you make your garden look incredible and someone else who really enjoys studying and science and can help discover the next thing that can help you get your teeth replaced (laughs) and someone else who's a great writer and can help write a poem for you to relax to or music or someone who can sing there's someone for every single thing in this world we all need each other for very different things so never look at someone and say like oh she has it all she's this and she's that no she needs you in this area of her life she needs you to help teach her how to train her dog or how to breastfeed right there's always something we need someone else for so never look at someone and think oh she's so lucky she's so naturally this she's so naturally that she probably is and that's a gift from god but she needs something from someone else and she has what she has for someone else's benefit not just for herself so i hope that helped you i hope that this book is something that you will enjoy again i'm leaving the poll for you to let me know if you want to continue or if you want to read something different i will leave that in your hands but i thank you for listening today and i thank you for being a part of my podcast and just being so loving and sweet i appreciate you so much if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Instagram at the Dr. Daff Show and at Dr. Michelle Daff. And until next time, my loves, remember that in all things you do, make a feminine impression. Bye-bye.